Hello again, everybody. Welcome again to another Blessed Winds Bible Message podcast. It's been two weeks. It's been a fantastic two weeks. How have you been? You know what? I'm going to talk to you about how my week has been. But before I do that, I'm going to welcome back Kathy. Hi, how are you? <clears throat> As you can tell, it's been a, a trying week for my voice. And it came to me this week that my voice, out of my relationship with God, really isn't the important voice. Earlier this week, I developed some symptoms because I'm not going to own it. I'm not sick. By his stripes, I am healed. Amen. But I started developing some symptoms where my voice was a little bit scratchy. And to be completely honest, up until today, I couldn't talk a whole lot. And it made me realize the power of the spoken word of God. And Rima is defined as the spoken word of God. And back in the day of Jesus, a lot of things were spoken person to person. So if somebody was mute, they really didn't have a whole lot of power. <clears throat> and that was something I discovered this week as I attended some meetings that when I was mute, I didn't have very much power in the meetings. I didn't have the ability to convey my thoughts. And so it got me thinking even more of the words that I choose and when I choose to speak them. And the fact that every word I choose, everything that I talk about, I really ought to be speaking life into things. I really ought to be speaking good things. Because if I speak bad things, I give the bad things power. But if I speak good things, I give God power. This is especially proven in Proverbs 18.21. God confirms with death and life are in the power of the tongue. Those who love it will eat its fruit. And in 1 Peter 3.10, For whoever would love life and see good days must keep their tongue from evil and their lips from deceitful speech. It's true, your mouth is the gateway to life or death. Absolutely. Because you can think all the things that you want. And having thoughts in your head, we can choose which thoughts come out. We can choose whether the good thoughts come out or the bad thoughts come out. We can choose whether or not we go down the path of gossip and hate speech and not getting along with people, or we can choose, like your mother probably said, if you don't have something good to say, don't say anything at all. Psalm 141, verse 3, set a guard over my mouth, Lord. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Oh, absolutely, Kathy. Keeping a guard over your mouth, you have the power for what comes in and out. 
I've talked to so many people and they said, oh, the devil made me say that. No, the devil didn't make you say it. The devil doesn't have control over your mouth. You have control over that gateway. That gateway is yours to close when you need it closed. I've had thoughts come in and I, I truly feel and believe it's the Holy Spirit tells me none of that needs to be said and will tell me to delete that text instead of sending my opinion. You want to have that internal filter in your head. You want to have a godly filter in your head. We need to be cautious about letting those negative thoughts get out. And take life. Those negative thoughts can get away from us quick if you give them any room. Matthew 15, 18 through 19. But the things that come out of a person's mouth come from the heart, and these defile them. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, and slander. I know my voice is for the Lord. Amen. And that's what you have to, you have to have that filter there to figure out, are these good thoughts? You need to listen to the Holy Spirit before they come out. Am I thinking thoughts of murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, or slander? Is what I'm going to say going to hurt somebody? And by hurt somebody, I don't mean, are you about to tell them the truth? Because although the truth can hurt, the truth can set you free, and we need to speak the truth. We absolutely have absolutely. to speak the truth. And I, I think it's so important. There's a phrase, practice the pause. In those moments, taking that moment and checking in with God, the filter, and, and all the good things to make sure that what your next steps are, whether they be words or actions, are in line with his word. Absolutely. So we need to be watching what we say. And then the next thought that came to me was, what do I use my voice for? Why do I speak? What are the things that I need to speak? And I realized when I'm using my voice for the Lord, I'm praising him. I'm witnessing. I'm teaching his word. I'm doing all of these things to build up the Lord. Psalm 145.21 speaks about praising him. My mouth will speak the praise of the Lord, and all flesh will bless his holy name forever and ever. All flesh. That's my flesh. That's your flesh. We're praising his holy name. We're fleshly beings. That is what my voice is for here on earth. But like I said, it's also for witnessing and being honest, living a life that people look at me and go, you know what? That guy is honest. That guy is going to treat us right. And that guy's different. I've heard that phrase that's coming to mind. That's a man of his word. That's how important your word is. Absolutely. It's leading down a road so people look at you and go, that person is an example. That person is living the life that that person is supposed to live. They're not lying. They're not cheating. They're not stealing. And then it also brought me into the idea about teaching the word because I do that. One of my passions is teaching. And I teach his word. 
Are you referring to 2 Timothy 3, 16-17? All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So thoroughly equipped for every good work. That's every good work, me going out and witnessing. That's when somebody asks me a question about God that I'm able to answer. When somebody asks me a question about the Bible, I'm able to provide them with an answer. And if I can't provide them with the answer, we're going to go looking for it. We're going to go looking for it together. It also falls into the Great Commission, Matthew 28, 19 through 20. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. We were sent out to use our voices, to use our voices to tell people about Jesus Christ. The first person to spread the good news of the gospel was Mary Magdalene. When Jesus came out of the tomb, told her, tell the other disciples that I am alive. And she ran and told them. She was the first preacher of the gospel. She was the first person to spread the good news and teach. What does it really mean to teach? Teaching is just helping somebody learn something, helping somebody be better at something. That's what teaching's all about. Teaching is all about helping people learn different things. But we got to be careful what we teach. We have to use caution that we're sticking to the word, that we're not adding words in, pulling words from. We're not twisting the Bible to make it what we want it to be, to prove our point. We can't prove our point with the Bible by twisting its words. You know how many times that I've been getting ready for one of these and I've had something in my head about how something is supposed to be. And as I'm reviewing it and going over it, I start doing my research and I realize I have it wrong. And then I have to sit back and go, okay, wait, wait, no, no, I was always taught this. You may have been taught that, but that is not accurate. That is not what the Bible says. The Bible actually warns us and commands us in Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 2, do not add to what I command you and do not subtract from it, but keep the commands of the Lord your God that I give you. Exactly. We're not supposed to add. We're not supposed to subtract. We're not supposed to provide false teachings. We are supposed to hold the line of the Bible. I don't have an erasable Bible. The parts of the Bible that talk about the sins that I'm doing, maybe the problem isn't with the Bible. Maybe the problems are with the sins that I'm doing. I know in this past week, the amazing experience, I've had this correction even come just in my prayers. When I sit and my time with God, 
I get out of the way. I don't add or subtract. He already knows everything going on in my life. When I just sit and read his word, the word does the work in me that is needed to be done. So what you mean by that is you meditate on the word and you get revelation. I get revelation from God, but the biggest thing that I have found is the peace that he gives me in my heart. Good teachers stick to the word. The word is what is important. The word speaks for itself. The word is the voice when I don't have a voice. The word is the voice, Kathy, when you don't have a voice. It absolutely is. It has replaced many times when I have so much that is on my heart and I want to pray everything, but I can come up with nothing in words. Sitting down with his word lets me know he's right there. He's with me and he knows it all and he's already working on it. And I think it's so pivotal when we're looking for teachers. I prayed for my pastors. I pray for my small group teachers that they stay in the word. You can only stay true to the word if you're in the word and you have to know the word to verify it. So when you go to do these teachings, as you said, you know, you get an idea when you researched it, you knew you were off the word because you've been consistent in the word. You're double checking yourself and staying true to his word. That that teaching you found out later, you were taught in the beginning one way, but you were wrong. It wasn't actually scriptural now. Absolutely. I agree 100%. 1 Timothy 6, 3-5, through 5, if anyone teaches otherwise and does not agree to the sound instruction of our Lord Jesus Christ and to godly teaching, they are conceited and understand nothing. They have an unhealthy interest in controversies and quarrels about words that result in envy, strife, malicious talk, evil suspicions, and constant friction between people of corrupt mind who have been robbed of the truth and who think that godliness is a means to financial gain. The Bible is our guide. That's the way God communicates with us. That's how he talks to us. He left us a book. It's called The Word. The Word We Hear. Faith comes by hearing. We need to hear the Word. We need to listen to what God is telling us and avoid what our brain wants to hear. The Bible is the truth. 2 Samuel chapter 7, 28. And now, O Lord God, you are God and your words are true, and you have promised this goodness to your servant. The Bible's words are truth. It's truth. We need to check the things that we've learned through our lives with the Bible and see if they match up, because the Bible is truth. Second Timothy chapter 4, 2 through 4. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, 
They will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. So what that's trying to tell you is there are some things that might be out there that our itching ears want to hear and want to believe, but aren't biblical. They suit our passions, our flesh. They make us feel good. I heard this morning at church, if you feel it and it isn't in the word, it's probably your flesh. Our itching ears want to feel good for our flesh. And that will cause us to turn away from the truth and wander into lies. Miss our lies. They're untruth. They're unfounded. I've heard so many different things, and I'm not going to give specific examples. Well, if Jesus were around today, he wouldn't accept this. I don't know. What does the Bible say about that? Well, if Jesus were around today, he'd agree with this. I don't know. Does the Bible say he'd agree with that? He may or may not. But we need to check all that with the Bible and make sure that our itching ears just aren't aiming for the myths that we want. Every day, we need to be getting into the Bible, at least a little bit. For me, it's not just getting into the Word of God. It's sitting after being in the Word of God and doing that thing that's super hard for me. I like to talk a lot. I like to tell God a lot of things, but there's there's something about our body. We have two ears and one mouth taking that time to sit and listen to him, listen for what he's telling us. That's something like meditating on the word. That's something like meditating on a thought to find out what God thinks about it. And for those that say, well, I'm not good at that. I can't sit in the spot. Oh, yeah? You ever lose $100? If $100 felt like a lot of money to you at that point in time and you lost it, I bet you meditated on it losing that $100 for a while on trying to figure out how you lost that $100. You can meditate on things and you don't even realize you're meditating on them. Meditate on the good things. Meditate on the Bible. Take time every day to listen to what God is telling you. Don't interrupt him. Give him a minute to communicate with you. If you don't know where to start, open your Bible to the list of books. And this is just a technique. It's one of the techniques I used when I was really new into the Bible. I've been in Christianity for a while, but really new into the Bible. I know that sounds funny to say, but it's true. I think it's true for more than you think. And that's possible. Maybe I'm not different. But take that time. Open the Bible to the list of books. Read through the list of books. If one sticks out, open the Bible to that book. Start at page one of that book and read it chapter by chapter. It does not take long to read one chapter in the Bible. I do it every morning. It takes me about five, ten minutes. I read one chapter every morning I find the verse that means the most to me, the one that stuck out into my head, the one that as I was reading, I had to go back and I, I need to read that again. The one that as I'm reading, I kind of went, oh man, what did he mean by that? What did God mean by that? 
find that one verse and think about it. Even if when you're thinking about it, you're thinking about it while you're driving to work or you're thinking about it on your break or whenever. Think about that one verse. Meditate on it. Sit and listen, not with your physical ears, but with your heart. What is God telling you today? I like writing the verse on a three by five card. Oh, that works even better. And just looking at it. I work in a desk style work environment and I just set it up by my monitor so I I can glance at it and just kind of let it keep working in the background of my mind all day. So you meditate on it all day. Psalms 19:14 Let the word of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable to your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. The whole thought is what is God saying to you? And when you go to bed at night, think about what did God tell me today? Things start to look a lot different. You start looking at the brighter side of things. That's just one technique. When you first start doing this, and, and even if you've done it for a little while, I catch this happening once in a while when the devil's starting to try to creep in, you're going to get distracted. You're going to be reading that chapter And all of a sudden you're going to be at the end of the chapter and you're going to be thinking, uh, did I do the laundry? Did I, you know, did I remember to warm up the car because there's frost on the windshield? Did I remember to do all these other things? I recommend you go back and read the part you missed because that was the part the devil didn't want you to see. Read it and meditate on it and don't be distracted. Colossians chapter 3, verse 2, set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. Keep your mind on the word. John 1, 1, I think, says the word is with God, the word is God. Keep your mind on the word. These are just suggestions on places to start. If you already have a direction, stick with that direction. Read a little bit every day. If you don't, this is a good way to start. Lord, just be with everybody listening to this podcast, Lord. Help give them concentration and peaceful time while they read your word. And Lord, let them be able to meditate on your word. And Lord, speak to them through your word and be with them and guide them. And Lord, make it clear and abundant, the message you're trying to give them that day. Lord, we know that you're going to get us through every day, and we know that you are our strength. And Lord, we just thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Well, Kathy, thank you for showing up and being my voice just in case it decided to leave. You are so welcome. Thank you for inviting me. It's always a pleasure. You're welcome. I have one challenge for everyone out there. If you truly don't know where to start, start in the book of Luke. Amen. Luke is a good book to start with. Starting in the Gospels tends to be 
the parts of the Bible that as Christians we've heard the most. And it's familiar, and it makes it easier for us to continue on. Thank you all for listening to another Blessed Winds Bible Message podcast. You can find us on all the podcast locations. You can also find us on YouTube. If you're on YouTube, crush that like and subscribe button. And we'll see you again in two weeks.